This is Remembering Christmas, Episode 2, Christmas Food. Merry Christmas, and welcome to the second episode of Remembering Christmas, a special McGregor podcast. I'm Danielle Flood, and hosting along with me is Mark Bricker. It's good to be here with you. Ah, it's good to be back. Each Thursday in December, we'll release a new episode as we look back and remember Christmas together. Mm-hmm. This week's episode is all about the foods that we use to celebrate the season. Woohoo! I know, Christmas foods. I love it. Me too. Oh, it's, it's that time of year. Just... Oh, the smell, the mm, taste. Smell. Really, really good. Mm. And then I love how food mm. brings people together. Yes, it does. And both the like time action of eating it, the action of cooking it, mm-hmm. um, and then desserts. Mm. So I think we should start with desserts. I, uh, why not? Life's too short. To That's right. Eat dessert first. Eat dessert first. So in preparation for this, I thought, what truly are the most popular Christmas desserts? Because you have your okay. favorite. Yep. I have my favorite. Christian has his favorite. I mean, we all, it's subjective, right? We all have our our favorites. And we also have, we'll refer back to our survey a little while, but I thought let's do a more of a national kind of a idea of what are some of the more popular Christmas desserts. Okay. So this survey that I found, uh, it was conducted by Zipia, Zipia. I don't know, they use Google search trends and some other stuff to figure out what are the most popular desserts based on states in the United States. So at the end, I'll tell you what the top four were overall, but what those were in the states. So I'm gonna, we're gonna play a little game. Okay. See how perceptive you are with desserts and locale. Okay. So we'll pick, what state were you born in? Florida. Florida, all right. So we'll do Florida first. And uh, I'm gonna give you uh, four different possibilities and you have to pick the one that you think is Florida's most popular. A gingerbread man, a fruit cake, red velvet cake, or a cheesecake. Really? Because my money was gonna be on key lime pie. Mm. But that's not an option. Okay, gingerbread. Is, Is key lime pie a Christmas thing? Yes. Is it? Citrus is ripe in the winter yeah but i'm that's why in little house on the prairie they got oranges for christmas yeah that's yeah that's true but i just don't hear a lot of key lime pies as decorated as christmas or not decorated anyway yes okay it's novel maybe fruitcake gingerbread man red velvet cake or just cheesecake i'm gonna go with cheesecake ding 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 man she is good all right so you got florida okay uh Let's jump up to what's the, have you lived in any other states other than Florida? Nope. Okay. Well, I was born in Texas, so we're going to do Texas now, okay? Okay. So, York peppermint patties, cinnamon roll, peppermint chocolate chip cookies, or Oreo balls. Really? Hmm. York peppermint patties, cinnamon rolls, peppermint chocolate chip cookies, or Oreo balls. I'm really glad our listeners can play along. So if you're thinking, yes. think of your, your answer. What is your answer going to be? How about peppermint patties? 
Nope. No, bummer. But I did have peppermint. It okay. was the peppermint chocolate chip cookies. Is yeah, Texas. I wonder why Texas. I, I have no idea. The okay. Oreo ball sounds good, though. It does, me. but I, okay, you put it forth, and I didn't think it would be, hmm. Yeah. It's some This map's not real good, so it's kind of hard to tell where even some of these states are, but uh, they're one state. Oh, I can't even. All right, so if you're from Texas, tell me about this. Peppermint chocolate I, chip. Yeah, I have no idea what that is. Uh, I mean, yeah, I have an idea. Chocolate chip cookies that have yeah. a peppermint flavor. It sounds pretty yeah. good, I guess, if you like peppermint. Vegan Christmas cookies was in one state, and I can't really tell. Uh, let me just, we won't spend a whole lot more time on this. Let me tell you what the top four Christmas desserts across all the states are. Awesome. Cheesecake was mm. cherished in 11 states. Some of them had specific, like uh, Pennsylvania was a gingerbread cheesecake. Mm. Hawaii liked Oreo cheesecake. That sounds good. The second uh, top one was gingerbread, which was yeah. liked by five states. I which, can understand mm, that. Mm -hmm. Love a good gingerbread man or gingerbread cake. Uh, pudding was popular in four states. And also peppermint popped up in four states, like peppermint bark or the chocolate chip cookies we just looked at mm. a moment ago. Very so fun. There's some of your uh, popular Christmas desserts. Yeah. But we did our own survey, remember? Oh, yes. Yeah. No, it's fun to know that those around us, what some of their traditions were last week, and then looking at their food. Mm -hmm. And so now we're looking at some of the things that, you know, stay on dessert still. Sure. Yes. Because some of the ones that stand out in my mind on here, well, actually, a lot of these made me really hungry just thinking about them. But I do love a good red velvet cake. Yeah, it's true. And that's a great Christmas because of the red color and... Interesting. So I'm only a little bit of a cake fan. Okay. I think red velvet is in the middle there. When if it's just like sheet cake, I could take it or leave it. If it's a carrot cake, it's more on the side. But red velvet, mm. it's up there. But yeah. I like the idea of it being Christmas and you can do red and white. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, I can see it. <clears throat> yeah. And it is interesting. Some of the, the desserts that are mentioned here kind of have that, that feel like cherry cheesecake. Okay. Another one mm -hmm. that's... Got the red and red and white pumpkin pie. Quite a few cheesecakes and Christmas cookies were on our on our list. Our yep. very own uh, Pastor Russell uh, cookies, cookies, cookies was, I believe, his response. There you go. Yeah. Uh, anything unusual stand out on that list of our own uh, our own survey we did? Well, I thought it was normal until then I thought more about it. So I love pumpkin pie, and we had it at Thanksgiving mm. and Christmas. It was mm. always a Christmas thing. But then it's not very Christmassy. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe it was more fall. Fall, yeah. But if you ask me my favorite Christmas dessert, it might be pumpkin pie. Pumpkin pie. Yeah, and and I was not alone, so I think. No, there were sense. there were others that uh, that put that on there. Coconut cream pie. That sounded a little different for for Christmas for me, but. Mm, apple pie. But apple pie, yeah, good old apple pie. Especially if it's homemade. Yeah. There's something special about flaky crust and the warm apples and cinnamon. Mm. Um, I love warm spices too, and they can go in savory items and in sweet items. Tradition for us at both Thanksgiving and Christmas is a cranberry apple pie. Ooh. My mom's been making that for years and she would do the, the lattice yeah. top on there and just, yeah, and they would be gone like that. She'd make three of them and oh they, my, yeah. they did not last. That's a lot long. of love right yeah. there. But uh, we'll probably have those again this year. We'll be up there for Thanksgiving, but I guarantee there'll be some cranberry apple very pies. Nice. That, so yeah, very good. So what about favorite Christmas foods? 
Ooh. Mm. Well, we're pretty traditional. So I'd say ham or turkey with this, the fixings. Mm -hmm. um, and then we tried to make a special stuffing to go along with it. It was fancy. It took a day and a half to make. And then my family just really liked stovetop more. So growing up, we had <laughs> stovetop. So that's a traditional meal for us. Yeah. Yeah. It was interesting because I think people, when they think about your favorite food, it's not always that maybe the, the kind of the sit down Christmas dinner, but it's a, it's a brunch, Yeah. you know, on Christmas morning or something like that. So you had things like, there were quite a few casseroles on here that sure, were listed sure. uh, on here, sausage balls, cinnamon rolls. I know your husband makes some good cinnamon rolls. Y'all do it yes. at Christmas as well, or just no, all year round? Our traditional <laughs> Christmas morning is monkey bread. So oh. it's a cinnamon bread, mm -hmm. but we make it just Christmas. It goes really deep with his family, great um, memories with it. So monkey bread is, it's not Christmas without it, but. Russell put cookies also for the, that one. Why not? Why not? <laughs> Ham, kind of the traditional stuff there. So it, some of these come from how you celebrate too. Mm -hmm. And my family lived two hours away from all of my aunts, uncles, cousins, and my grandmother. So our family would drive every Christmas, you know, every Thanksgiving and kind of celebrate with them. So they asked us to bring the relish tray. So I, every Christmas, remember cans, jars of olives. We didn't bake a lot at our house. Hmm. We would take the relish tray. So All it didn't, that stuff. You know, it was easier to build, transport, yeah. Transport, yeah, and then make it together. And so another thing that we always had at Christmas was black olives. Hmm. Our family could go through a number 10 can of black, black olives. Black olives. Mm -hmm. I know. Not a big olive eater. No, so. neither is Nate. He doesn't think it's food. Yeah. So people can have different different preferences, but yes, Christmas is black olives in one meal and monkey mm. bread in another. We were we've always been pretty traditional with the Thanksgiving. I mean, uh, not Thanksgiving, Christmas with a, either a uh, usually a ham or a turkey mm. or both sometimes, and some of the traditional sides that go with that. But one year, and I can't remember if it was Thanksgiving or Christmas, but my mom wanted to do something different. Mm -hmm. And so we had, we had seafood gumbo. Oh my. <laughs> so, and Macy still remembers that. Yeah. She wasn't a big fan of the gumbo, uh, which I loved it and yeah. most of us did, but Macy was not a big fan. It was a little too spicy, I think, for her. Yeah, well, we but, had some other surprises here, like the chili. The chili, yeah. Some people love chili. And then I saw another one. Prime rib. Prime rib. Now that that's, was mentioned more than once. Yeah, I think that I've heard other people that have. Yeah, that's a uh, something that they they like to do for special occasions. You yeah. know, it's a nice cut of meat. My sister in law does a an hors d'oeuvre supper after Christmas Eve service. Mm. So they have all the snacky Little items. Snack. So oh, I love veggie that. tray, fruit. Mm. Yeah, olives again. Um, but any <laughs> more olives? Yeah, um, pickles and meats and cheeses yeah. and crackers. And charcuterie board. There you go. You do that. Before charcuterie was popular. popular. Already doing it. Yep. There you go. <laughs> well, uh, I think, well, I, I, we both have mentioned our, some of our favorite Christmas meals, but I think when I think back to those Christmas meals, I think of the time around the table and how special Absolutely. that was and the lingering afterwards, just mm -hmm. hanging out then maybe going and getting the dessert and making a pot of coffee and t sitting around and talking. The worst thing you can do for your body physically is to eat a big meal and just sit. You, right, right. You really should move. And, yeah. Uh, but it was, it was always enjoyable that mm -hmm. the conversations and, yeah. Sometimes my cousins and I would go for a walk in the neighborhood. You know, you're all there together with not a lot 
you have to do. Mm. So I think that's really special. And then I have memories of the adults at the table drinking coffee and chatting, and then the kids playing Going over here playing. with cousins. Yeah. You know, yep. Um, it does. It makes it memorable. Um, and then you know the cooking together. Mm. I do have other memories where my grandma and aunts were in the kitchen together. You know, trying to do this, and it's like who can help and what are we doing and you know stirring the pot. Not being very experienced in the kitchen, but wanting to be with them. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, yeah, that's a that's a more recent memory for us. It seems like a, kind of a team approach to trying to help prepare the meal and seeing sure. a lot of people in the kitchen working, and then those that volunteer to clean up or help clean up afterwards. Always and, welcome. Yep. Yes, so and that, that can be fun. So that not one person or two people are feeling like they're having to having to do it all. And it's been interesting to see that evolve over the years as, you know, my mom used to kind of take the lead on all of that, mm-hmm. especially if we were at her house, but as she's gotten older and now we're, she's not even living, she's living with my brother. Right. And so now a lot of that falls on my brother and his wife mm-hmm. and they take much of the lead on that and we help as much as we can, but it's still the family gathered together and enjoying the time. And so... Yeah, well, last episode we were talking about those traditions. And so when you think about that, the foods and the memories we have do change over time, as do our traditions. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's what you choose to perpetuate. Yeah. And the values there are time spent together. And I know that maybe 50 years ago, people assumed that it would just be the women in the kitchen or however the families were grouped. Right. Um, But then they got some of that quality time together where you know, you maybe didn't see everybody very often. And so these times together build those memories and then help you feel like you're part of something bigger and that you can, you know, be that family and perpetuate. I think speaking of perpetuating, I think one of the reasons when I, you know, I got excited, you know, we're talking about food and I do, do love food. And my brother uh, is quite a cook. I do a lot of cooking myself, but mm-hmm. my brother does even more. I think he cooks 99% of all the meals at their house and he's really, really good. Uh, but we both got that from my mom and she at an early age had us involved in the kitchen, awesome. uh, showing us how to, how to do things, mm-hmm. teaching us how to cook. And I think that's where the love for not just eating, because a lot of people like to eat, but actually preparing food, right. experimenting, trying out recipes mm-hmm. and doing things uh, came from, was from my mom, Yeah, passing that down. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I know a lot of guys, maybe because she didn't have any any daughters, so, yeah, okay, we've got two boys, we're gonna, yeah. <laughs> gonna see how much they enjoy uh, doing that. We it, Obviously it stuck, because my brother, I mean, he could open a restaurant. I mean, he That's is that, that good of a cook. A chef, and so we always enjoy being there while mm-hmm. he's doing all the cooking and taking care of all that for us. But yeah, that is neat—a neat little tradition that you know, as we talked about last week. That I think, as as you were sharing, that made me think about yeah. how that has been passed down from from my mom, and uh, we carry that on today. Still, yeah. I think it's cool how we can celebrate as a church family over meals, mm-hmm. and you know, maybe not the preparing together, but some of our potlucks. You know, I have great memories of potlucks. Um, my church growing up had a soup and sandwich supper to celebrate the time leading up to Christmas. And so oh, it okay. meant community, it mm-hmm. meant sharing over a meal. You know, um, for me, it meant homemade soups that we didn't often get in our family. So that was really neat to see other people's love going into the food they were preparing for God's family mm. and sharing it together. So um, even here at church, I've made friends at the Wednesday night dinner. The start of a meal. Yeah. The start of, yeah, friendships when we can eat together and have that time of fellowship. 
there is a value uh, in in that and in, in, in sharing a meal or even a, a cup of coffee. Yeah, there's something that is disarming that allows us to perhaps maybe be a little more of ourself when yeah. we're having a cup of coffee or having a, a dessert together or even a meal mm-hmm. where we become a little more relaxed yeah. and open up a little bit more. Uh, and, and we see that even even in Scripture in the New Testament mm-hmm. in the church, the, the early church, as they were gathering together in the homes. We were we talked about this just you know earlier about the passage in Acts chapter two. Uh, and it says in verse 42, it says, And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread mm-hmm. and the prayers. And so not only were they gathering together to study God's word and to be taught God's word, to pray together, but they were breaking bread together. Mm-hmm. They were having those meals together. And we probably underestimate the importance of doing that, not just on Wednesday nights, but in each other's homes or yeah. Even if it's out to eat with others, mm-hmm. you know, spending that time together, how how valuable that can be, and in, in building relationships, yeah. discipling, mentoring, encouraging, praying, all those things, especially around Christmas. Because mm, I remember the first time I was at a friend's house and we sat around a dinner table. It wasn't something my family did often, but they sat down to eat together. They had a home cooked meal, and I remember looking around and just being so awe-inspired at this family hmm. and wanting more of that. Hmm. And so at Christmas time, I felt similarly, like our family was eating together. There was the kids' table, the adults' table. And and then it made me value that enough to make it a priority in our family. So we're now teaching our kids fellowship. It's the, the fellowship of the church starts with the family and then inviting others in. You know, Absolutely. you're setting that discipleship example. Um, so especially at Christmas time, you know, eating together and then demonstrating the hospitality and the fellowship of that. Mm-hmm. And for the person that's sitting there going, well, I'm a terrible cook. I can't, you know, I, I, I burn water, blah, blah, blah. It's not about the quality of the food, right? Sure. No. It's about the relationships. And so don't let Christmas not be a time where you use food to fellowship. Right. Yeah, especially when it can seem like a competition where you know everyone's trying to outdo yes. one another. <laughs> Let yourself off the hook. Yeah. Takeout is great. It's the fellowship that matters. Swing by Publix and uh, yes. <laughs> get whatever you need. Do you remember that it's already time pre-made? Yes. we had like five or six boxes of fried chicken mm-hmm. at our like, uh, yes. potluck? <laughs> yes. You know what? It was just fine. It was just as fun, just That's as right. good. Yep. Absolutely. Well, we want to leave our listeners with another challenge. We did this last uh, week with our challenge about starting a new tradition. Well, now we're talking about food and we want to leave them uh, a challenge. What's our challenge for this week, Danielle? We're going to talk about serving our neighbors, Mm -hmm. maybe with food, maybe with cookies. Mm -hmm. Um, Jonathan plugged the red and green Christmas M&Ms. And I love that as a Christmas dessert, it's easily accessible. Maybe you buy a couple packs of those Christmas M&Ms and bless your neighbors. Mm-hmm. And that is Who a start. Who doesn't love M&Ms? That's right, yeah. It can be a start of serving the neighbors. Um, think about inviting mm-hmm. people into your home over you know, a takeout meal, a home-cooked meal, whatever it looks like for you. Yep. I think it's amazing. And then you know, how else? Um, what better time to serve your neighbors and to reach out in your community than saying, I do this because we celebrate Christmas and we love that Jesus came mm-hmm. to our earth. 
Yeah. And whether you are able to say that in person or put, yep. give them something that goes along with that gift uh, that they could read or look at uh, could definitely be a, an, an outreach opportunity. We have, or I say we, Macy kind of heads this up, but um, and we have our little circle of neighbors that we're pretty close with all around us. And she always takes something for Christmas yeah. for them. And it's always food related. Sure. And for food years she did. Are you familiar with Mrs. Prendable? No. Mrs. Prendable does apples. And okay. they are these apples that are dipped in this hand-dipped made caramel. Uh -huh. And then they coat them with some kind of chocolate. And then they put other things on it. So they end up being huge yes. apples in a, with a stick on them. Uh -huh. But you have to cut them with a knife to eat them. You, don't, you can't just dive in. But they are delicious. So for years, we did that uh, for folks. But then as some of our neighbors got a little older, we were worried about them eating these apples. <laughs> so I think she shifts the, the, to something else. But yeah, to do something that, you know, it not only is it that, but it's, uh, you know, again, taking the effort to, to reach out, especially maybe for new neighbors. Right. It's a great opportunity to meet some. We've got several that have just recently moved in as well. And so this will be our first Christmas to be able to take something to them as well. Absolutely. So, yeah. And if we wanted to tie this back to our talk last week about traditions, you can start a new family tradition around food. Mm -hmm. um, like I was mentioning the monkey bread. Uh, maybe we can include the recipe oh, of monkey bread. Oh, yeah. It's easily accessible. It's nothing unique to the Flood family, but um, we'd love to share it with you. It's a wonderful Christmas morning tradition for us. And Mark, what's your food recipe that you could share? Oh, if I was going to share a food recipe? Oh, man. Mark's going to make prime rib for us. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, my... I, I have a really good recipe, and I haven't done this in a while because I'm trying not to eat so much bread things anymore, but uh, buttermilk pancakes that I can just make that are just fluff up, that are super thick, that are... There you go. And we do those a lot for kind of a brunchy and even done probably yeah. done those around the holidays sometimes as well, so... Wonderful. Yeah, and you want me to share that recipe? Bricker buttermilk pancakes. Bricker buttermilk pancakes. Oh, they are so good. Oh, that's awesome. I haven't had them in a long time. Yet. Yeah, I can't wait. Now you got me thinking about that. Okay. I made them so often for a while that I didn't have to look at the recipe. I knew it by heart. And it's a completely from scratch thing. There's no box mix or anything. It's awesome. But I knew it. I made it so much. Yeah. Well, we talked about, and you mentioned about the taking to the neighbors and serving the neighbors as the challenge. And, and I think the reason we would encourage all of us to, to make sure we're engaged in whether it's serving our neighbors or serving those we work with or even serving other service personnel, people that serve us, is because that's why Christ came into mm. the world. Yep. He came to serve, not to be served. And we get so focused at this time of year about the service that we're getting, the gifts that we're getting, the quality of everything that we're receiving. We kind of get caught up in that rather than just saying, no, it's not about me. Uh, it's about serving others and ultimately serving them to share Christ with them, the ultimate yeah. Christmas gift that anybody could ever receive. So if you can use food to do that, yep. go for it. And if you're listening and you have other ideas of ways to serve, maybe you've been you know, having a recipe or something that you do for your neighbors, um, go ahead and comment on the McGregor podcast. Yes, um, let us know. We'd love to hear about it and share. Yep, absolutely, this. absolutely. Well, I think this wraps up episode number two yep. week two of our special remembering christmas podcast this is fun isn't it danielle yeah it's super fun and i love the the traditions and the food and what's next week uh should we tell yeah we'll tell them it's gifts Ooh, okay so yeah, since we're getting closer to christmas 
thinking about gifts even more. All right. So this wraps up another episode of Remembering Christmas, and we'll see you right back here next week. Next week. Take care. Bye-bye.